Hello, everybody. Welcome to our special webinar on the Ultimate Income Trader Workshop. Let me first get through the required disclaimer stuff, and then we can get rolling here. Let you know the presentation is for educational purposes only. We're not broker dealers or financial advisors. We're not making any specific trade recommendations. Also, please be aware that your risk in trading options is substantial, and please make sure you are aware of all your risks prior to placing any trades. Also note that if we cover any trades and or results in the presentation or discuss anything, please consider them to be hypothetical computer simulated trades and or results. They would be believed to be as accurately represented as possible. Keep in mind that live results can from similar results for many, many different reasons. So Stephen will be here along with us on the webinar as we move along here. So a little bit about how this is going to go. I'm gonna to talk to you a little bit about the situation that a lot of traders have. We're gonna to present to you a recording that we have informational about the ultimate income trader. And this is a webinar that some of you may have seen before, but I can tell you that I've been through it multiple times. And every time I go through it, I can't believe how amazing it is. There's just so much good and relevant material in there. And I just want to share with you again, you know, like I said, I developed the material. I've edited the material. I've watched the material myself three times. And every time I watch it, I just get more and more out of it because I'm looking at it from a new perspective. So I encourage you to do the same. But for now, let's get rolling. So first I'd like for you to imagine. I'd like you to imagine you found the perfect trade. Maybe you're part of a trading group, maybe you've been back testing, but you found the perfect trade. The back tested results are fantastic. Your friends, your mentors, your peers have live traded it for months. Some of them have even traded it for a few years with wonderful results. Even you yourself personally, have experienced the wonderful results over the last year. Excitement levels are high and confidence is through the roof. All you need to do now, follow the rules and you can finally rely on trading as a dependable income source. This is your time. I've seen this happen multiple times in my career with trading. The first time I've seen it happen is 2007 when I first started trading. I was fortunate enough to begin trading in 2007 when there was this trade, the trade being the high probability iron condor, where I joined a group. I was just starting out with this type of trading and didn't know any better, and nor did the mentors who were teaching the program, nor did the students that were following the mentors but they come in here and they have this strategy and all the back testing data that they had traded really well. They've been trading it for a long period of time and they're doing wonderful with their results. Many of them have had cranked up their trading capital to ungodly levels. Some of them quit their job, retired, decided to depend on trading for a living. What happened? 2008 happened. 2008 happened despite the fact of the live results they were getting, despite the fact of the back testing they did, the strategy essentially failed. The strategy blew up. It was not designed to be in that type of an environment, nor has the market, at least in their history, 
of available data and so forth, nor had the market ever experienced that type of market movement, right? We had record market movement. We had record implied volatility. The strategy had failed at least temporarily. And I say temporarily because had somebody continued to trade this iron condor, it did come back into favor for periods of time since 2008. And it's gone out of favor for periods of time in 2008. My point being, there's not necessarily a problem with the strategy itself, but the problem is that regardless of the type of strategy you have, regardless of the rules, regardless of how it back-tested, regardless of how it performed in the last year or two years, every strategy is going to run through periods of time when they don't do well, or perhaps they fail permanently for now and for reference to the future. This isn't uncommon. This happened again in 2010, not necessarily with the iron condor, but with the new strategy that was doing well at the time. Not all the strategies, but some of them. The ones that didn't get hit in 2010, probably or, or often get hit in 2011, and they run through the same thing. In 2018, or before 2018, probably 2017, we had this strategy called the road trip trade, very similar to what happened previously. People left their job, people put all kinds of money in the strategy, all the mentors thought it was gonna be wonderful. 2018, the people who were heavily into that strategy, the strategy failed. Is that a bad strategy? No, it's not a bad strategy. It just does what all strategies are going to do from time to time. Even our M3 strategy and um, some of the other strategies we have, they have years where they don't do well. Maybe not years sometimes, maybe it's only a month, maybe it's three months, maybe it's a period of six months. They have periods of time of failure and then they turn back into favor. This is what happens. Hey, John. Yes. In 2018, if we remember, you know, that was the Volmageddon year and there were several major transitions in the market, meaning not only, you know, not only um, swift drops in the market, but extreme spikes and implied volatility and skew shifts and a lot of what I would call at the time, really good traders, long-term traders quit. They wrecked mm -hmm. the deck and because they claimed, you know, whatever strategy they were trading, maybe it was the M3 or whatever, just this doesn't work anymore. That was their claim. And it was astounding to see so many people. I mean, I was in Skype rooms that totally you know, went by the wayside, disappeared. It was so shocking to realize that they were completely dependent on a trade as opposed hmm. to the inner workings of what was driving the trade. Uh, and so people that you thought really understood what was going on had no clue. And that's why they walked away. They either and, had no clue or they blinded themselves to the fact of the reality of the market and that any hmm. trading strategy has a weakness. Right. And that that weakness was apparent. We had major hedge funds that blew up, right, in, yep. in that environment as well. And we even had products that that had mm -hmm. that. Okay, right. So 
that being the case, since they forgot about that, or maybe they didn't know about it or were ignorant to it, you run into things like that, okay? So my point being, since 2008, the names of the trades have changed, but the result is always the same. I finally found a rule, a rule set or a set of rules that backtested great, has crowd verification, and provided me with live positive results for a period of time. And they're perfectly wonderful with that. And they scale up and they gain this confidence until and they, and they get super confident in it. And a lot of times, sometimes people will, will leave their jobs, they'll retire, they'll do all kinds of things because they have this set of rules until something happens in the marketplace that exposes the weakness in that strategy. There's a collapse in confidence. And then once that collapse in confidence had, what happens to most people, it's on to the next trade or it's WBWL onto what's been working lately. And they do that a lot of times or in conjunction with a drop in size or they quit, okay? They just repeat this process over and over and over again. Now, why does this happen? It happens because many people promote and it's, and it's extremely appealing to believe that consistent future profits in trading are as simple as finding the right rules. All I gotta do is I gotta find rules that I can confidently follow and consistently collect money forever into the future without having to deal with subjectivity and without having to deal with difficult situations that revolve around uncertainty, which if wrong could result in pain. This rule set is a fantasy. It is a fantasy. Now, this is the reality of trading, okay? The reality is we have great non-subjective trading strategies that are very likely to make fantastic profits over time in the future. They do exist and we have them. We have them at our disposal. But that's only gonna happen for you if the rules are followed consistently and the position size is not varied based on recent results. Now, all of these strategies, they have a weakness and that weakness will be exploited by the market for periods of time, sometimes for extended periods of time as we move ahead into the future. The vast majority of traders will not have the confidence to trade through these periods without swapping strategies or dropping position size, meaning they will lose money over time, even if the strategy remains viable after its temporary problem in the marketplace. We really need to think about that. And this is why so many people have trouble with their trading. And this happens because the trader doesn't fully understand the dynamics of the strategy. They don't fully understand how that strategy interacts with the marketplace. And they don't understand how, or this becomes especially prominent if those dynamics never occurred before in the marketplace. Realize that new things are happening all the time in the marketplace. This is the most recent time, obviously is 2020 with the COVID crash. 
We've seen implied volatility skew curves like we've never seen before. We've seen price movements like we've never seen before. You can't have a back-tested strategy and expect it to work in a completely new environment. Now, some strategies did go through that environment okay. Many strategies did not. The strategies that did go through it okay, it doesn't mean that they're these wonderful strategies necessarily. All that it means is it went through that environment okay, and there's going to be another condition in the future where they're going to fail, at least for a period of time. It's just going to happen. It's just the reality of things. You, cannot, you don't get all those dynamics together. Okay. Now, the problem with this when it does fail is that most traders, they don't know how to identify if a strategy's failure is temporary or permanent. I think that's the biggest problem. If you don't know if your strategy, if the failure in that strategy, whether it be one month, two months, three months, six months, a year or whatever, if you don't know if it's permanent, you don't know whether to keep trading it or and trade through the problem and continue your non-subjective trading or to swap, swap strategies to what's been working lately or to quit trading altogether because maybe this has happened to you five, six, seven, eight times and you finally haven't had enough. The thing is, they don't know whether it's temporary or permanent. They don't know how to fix it. And that leaves them to this cycle and it just continues happening over and over again. Now, how do I know this? I know this because I've been there. I didn't walk into the trading world as a trader who knew everything about options and could read the marketplace. And matter of fact, in 2006, uh, 2005, that time frame, I didn't even know what a stock was. I'd never been exposed to the stock market whatsoever. And that being the case, I was in the same place you were. And with this iron condor event that happened in 2008, I was lucky enough that I wasn't personally involved with it, but a lot of people and teachers that I respected and I was ready to follow their path. I was ready to do this high probability iron condor with a whole bunch of money. Luckily for me, I hadn't done that yet. And it didn't, I came through relatively unscathed through that experience. And, but I watched my mentors, I watched the people doing this lose money. And, um, you know, I was very close to, to a few of them and, and it was devastating for them. And people, like I said, people who had left their jobs had to find, <laughs> had to find their careers back again or, or do something else. So that really uh, sunk in. So luckily I've never experienced that because I started uh, personally after that point, because I started looking at the market differently and um, being, you know, taking on new understandings and understanding that this, this magical trading strategy doesn't exist. And I think the sooner everybody else does that, they can, do th they can do the same thing. My point being is luckily there is a way to achieve the results you want. You can drastically improve your profits and consistency with your trading, but to do so is gonna require a change. You can learn situational awareness and the ability to know when and how to effectively adapt your trading to the market environments when those environments become detrimental to a particular trading strategy. You can become the ultimate income trader. What I wanna do now is, uh, is I wanna share with you the presentation that Steve and I did a, a little while back. At the 
end of this, where we'll have a question and answer session, where we'll uh, where we'll do where we'll answer any questions that you have. I know there's a couple here here already. If for some reason you are not able to stay for the entirety of the meeting, there is going to be a recording here, and you'll be able to watch it at another time. So if you have the question, I suggest you just put it in there anyway, and that way we can kind of answer it at the end there, and then you can have the answer you're looking for uh, in the recording. Of course, the recording is only going to be properly available for a limited time. Hey, John, real quick yeah. comment before we move on in the presentation. You know, in a lot of ways, this this program is, is a boot camp to the pro membership, to, mm-hmm. to elevating your trading to that pro level, right? Adding the subjectivity, the understanding of skew, understanding of the positions, how we really become a pro trader. So for for those of you out there that are wondering what all, what knowledge is involved to get to that pro level of trading that we do, this is it. This was when John first introduced to a highly deep level the knowledge that you, that's required for that. So that just kind of came to my mind. I thought, you know, this, this was the boot camp for pro trading. It really back in was. The day. Yeah. yeah back, back in the day when we, when we were discovering all this stuff and how effective it can be, especially mm-hmm. through these types of things, you know, Acton is asking, is, is there a way to identify failure temporary or permanent by rules? Hmm. There's not rules, but when you understand the market, you understand your strategy, you understand what the, edge of the strategy is and whether or not it's present in the marketplace, in which case, you know, it's failed for now, uh, in which case you can stop trading it until the edge comes back. Another way to think about that question, John, and this was what was really neat in the program, John talks a lot about, and I think it's going to be here in the part of the presentation, how he can look at a trade, tell tell John the rule set, and within five minutes, he can tell you when that thing is going to fail. (laughs) <laughs> and when it's going to win, and probably the win rate, and uh, at the you know at the end of the year, right? I do that at our live events quite regularly, right? So right. Come in so, and talk about that. Yeah. Right. So that's the ability to identify system failure just by you don't have to back test it. You don't have to trade it live. John can literally look and see and pick the thing apart. Uh, the pros and the cons, and the weaknesses and the strengths. So having that ability. Is critical. Right, right. Having that is definitely critical. And then, you know, what happened to us in the option desk in 2018, 2019, were there big losses? And the answer to something like that is with some traders did have some really big losses and some traders over, um, I did not. Everything I, anything I had, I may have taken for losses was well within our risk parameters. Um, but, um, you know, and we even made money in 2019, I believe. But there were some traders on the desk who did not fare so well and, and actually were ended up getting knocked off because of the way they handled that. So you do have to keep that in mind, right? But the idea is to adapt to these types of things. And you will get losses from time to time. But if you understand why it happened and how to adapt to the new situation in the marketplace, you can you know, just get back to normal very quickly. All right, you ready? All right. All right, get ready for that transformation, guys. Yes! It's a good day to get jumped into the butterfly. Because the more power you have. Watch what the mark does. 
Is that a support unit? <laughs> this is the Trader Talent Show. The markets usually are going up. We talked about people's zero-line lift. Wonderful, but I don't really want to be in that trade. <laughs> that sea of death right there. Volatility is through the freaking roof. <laughs> You may be asking, what is Ultimate Income Trader Workshop? Why was it created and what's in it for you as a trader? Well, one of the challenges that I've seen and that many income traders have is that they don't truly understand what they're trading. You know, they might know what the Greeks are and they might know how to read a price chart and they, they may even know how to look at an implied volatility chart, but they don't really have a clue about what to do with it or what it means. Yeah, I often equate this with uh, reading an altimeter on an airplane. For those of you who may not know what an altimeter is, it's a gauge that tells you how high something is, like an airplane, for example. And anyone who can read a gauge could look at an altimeter and tell how high their airplane is. So if an airplane is flying around at 10,000 feet, anyone can look at the altimeter and see clearly that you're flying at 10,000 feet. However, that does not imply that the person knows what the gauge means because it does not mean that you're 10,000 feet above the ground. It means that you're 10,000 feet above nominal sea level. That being the case, the person may think he's perfectly safe flying along at 10,000 feet, and he may have flown around at 10,000 feet for years without a problem, until one day he's flying along at 10,000 feet, and bam, you know, he crashes into the ground. Well, what the hell happened? A 14,000-foot-high mountain is what happened, right? The person reading the gauge may have known how high the plane was, but he didn't know how to put that number in the context of what's going on around him. He thought he knew what he was doing. He had experience working with it very successfully, and this made him overconfident. I mean, why bother looking out the window? My gauge says I'm at 10,000 feet. I'm perfectly fine until, of course, you're not, which results in disaster. And so it is with implied volatility. You know, we've got a ton of people out there talking about implied volatility, saying that knowing your implied volatility is the answer. Or sometimes they talk about the Greeks, and they say knowing your second or third or fourth order Greeks is the answer. You know, it'll be like, what? You don't know your second and third order Greeks? Well, no wonder you're having problems. Learn those, and you'll reach the promised land. You know, hallelujah, there's your promise. Now, the reality is, is that you or anybody can make a ton of money in options very responsibly simply by looking out the window and observing the landscape without even looking at gauges. I'm talking no Greeks, no analytical graphs, never even knowing what first order Greeks are, never mind what second and third order Greeks are. So if you're continue looking for this more advanced stuff and you're not making money, you know, there's, there's a problem there. You have something else going on. Right, there's some other issue with your process. So that said, many of us choose to trade in a way where we're relying on Greeks and where we're relying on a T plus zero line. And you know, a lot of us might ignore technicals in the news and solely rely on the gauges. Now, when we rely on our gauges, we need to know a few things. Right? We first need to know how to read the gauges. And then we have to have a general idea about what the reading means. I think most of us know how to read the gauges, 
Most of us know that delta is the amount of money you make or lose with a dollar price movement. We know that gamma is the amount by which delta is expected to change over the next dollar of price movement in your asset. Theta is the amount of the position theoretically gains or loses in a day. Vega is the amount the position gains or loses with a point of implied volatility change. Right? Most of us probably know that. But what many people don't realize is that these numbers are completely theoretical. They describe the result of something else. And for the most part, traders don't have a clue of what creates those results. So for example, I often hear traders say things like, the value of my position changed, which is another way of saying the extrinsic value of my options changed, because the implied volatility has changed. And I've even said that myself in the past, right? But that's not what I mean, because I know that statement is completely backwards because your options did not change value due to implied volatility it's the other way around implied volatility changed because your options changed value and there's a huge huge difference between those two statements is like saying that I eat too much because I'm fat no you don't eat too much because you're fat it's the other way around you're fat because you eat too much you know, being fat's the result, and until I truly understand that that's the case, I'm never going to lose weight. I'm not going to know how. It's the same thing with IV. I can't expect to be able to understand and predict implied volatility by looking at an implied volatility number because implied volatility is a result, which means if you're depending on implied volatility to do certain things in order for your trade to work out, you'd better understand the forces that determine the implied volatility because that's the only way to really make meaning out of the number itself. The thing that actually determines an option's extrinsic value is not implied volatility, and it's not time, and it's not theta. The thing that determines an option's extrinsic value is market demands. The extrinsic value of an option gravitates to the point where the buying and selling demand on that option is neutralized, period. It doesn't matter how far you are from expiration. It doesn't matter. Any, nothing else matters. All the Greeks in the applied volatility numbers, all they're doing is they're making an attempt at logically explaining the emotionally driven price of an option. They're a result. They do not create value. So your question should be not what is implied volatility doing, but rather what is determining the buying and selling pressure on this option right now and what has to happen in order for that to change. So that comes down to two things. It comes down to fear and greed. And if you know anything about fear and greed, you know that they're not logical. They're emotional. What this means is, is that the Greeks that you're looking at they're trying to logically explain an emotional behavior. And for those of us who are parents of teenagers, we all know how well that works. <laughs> My point is being that rather than expecting an option to change value according to its Greeks, realize that Greeks are simply a measurement or the result of buying and selling pressure on an individual option. So an ultimate income trader, our goal is to fully understand what specifically drives option prices at specific strikes. And to do this, we look at the players in the market. What are their roles? How do they think? How much influence do they have over price movement? How much influence do they have over implied volatility? 
what time frames do they influence? What makes them greedy? What makes them panic? By knowing these things, we can understand why extrinsic value and therefore implied volatility changes. But even better than that, we can look at the implied volatility levels and tell what the major participants in the market, the people who are driving the market, we can tell what they're thinking, which in turn helps us make better trading decisions, especially when it comes to things like implied volatility and things like that. Which brings up a point. Why the heck do we care about implied volatility in the first place? Well, one of the things that you should understand about non-directional income trading is that if you're truly trading neutral, in other words, you don't have any in-the-many directional bias, if you're truly neutral, the only reason that we make money as income traders is because the actual price movement in the asset is less than the feared price movement in the direction or directions we're taking on risk over a certain period of time. When a statement like that's true, we make money. When it's false, we can try and compensate for that. In other words, if we were wrong, we can try and compensate for that by making adjustments. But if the movement of the asset far exceeds the perceived risk on entry in a direction we're taking on risk, we're going to lose. Now, one of the things we discuss in the program is the fact that every trade we put on says something. It tells a story. And if you look at it this way, it really helps you understand your trades a little bit better. So your story creates or it defines your winning and losing scenarios with that trade. And believe me, no matter what you think you're trading, it always has a winning and a losing scenario. So an example of that, if, if I put on a long call, let's say out of the money, and I expect to win the trade, the story or what I'm saying is I believe that the actual upward price movement in the asset is going to exceed or be better than the feared price, upward price movement in the asset because that's the only way that I win. If it's less than that, I don't win, right? So unless, of course, that option was deep in the money or something like that, right, in which case you're directional and that's a different story, right? That's telling another story. But in the case of an out-of-the-money call, that's the story. If I sell a call out of the money and I expect to win, I'm saying that I believe the upward price movement of the asset will be less than the feared price movement because that's what has to happen in order for me to win. Now, as we get more and more into these complex strategies and we start introducing adjustments, we're doing the exact same thing. We're creating a story of when we're going to win, a story of where we're going to lose. It's just a more complex story. It has more plot twists. And it brings a lot of variables into the story. But it's the same thing. So, for example, if we do a broken wing butterfly and we start with our price outside the tent and we have no upside risk on entry, we're saying something like, well, I'm going to win if the market moves down slowly. In other words, the market moves down, but down less than the feared price movement at the time of entry. And I'm willing to break even if the price sits or moves up. Because if I sat here, pretty much that's what I do. I might gain a little bit outside the tent as things decay, because we know the deep loss zero line pops out there. But generally, that's what I'm saying. And then maybe I might want to apply an upside adjustment strategy and maybe a downside adjustment strategy. But if it was an upside adjustment strategy, it, the strategy might say something like, well, I want to make a certain amount if the price sits or continues higher. And I'm willing to bet that the market will not move down uh, or move down even less than I did on entry 
because by leaning my position in a manner where I make more money to the upside, or if I lean it in a way where I make money indefinitely to the upside, I am taking on additional downside risk. And I will lose faster if the market comes down if that happens. Those are just the principles and the mechanics of things. It doesn't matter what you're trading. Or perhaps I'm some, a trader who does something that's maybe a bit more complex. What if I'm doing something like this? This is, these are the same trades, by the way. I have two options in different expiration months. I have uh, long options in April, which is closer to expiration. I have some short options in June, which are longer term options. Uh, it gives me a T plus zero line that looks like this if I fix the expiration graph for, for the closer date, right? And this is telling us a story, right? We are basically betting that in this case, the fear in the market or the, the asset is going to move down less than the fear in the market in, the, in trade A, which is our longer term market, right? We have our June market and we have our April market, those two different markets. So I'm basically betting that the actual down movement is less than the feared down movement in month A. But if I'm wrong and we do get a down move, I'm betting that the actual movement far exceeds the fear that was in the market when I entered my long puts, okay? And if everything works out, that's great. If everything works out and the price just goes up, I'm fine. If the price goes down crazy and it affects my short-term market more than it affects my long-term market, I make money. But there's a losing scenario to this trade, and it's quite nasty. If, on the other hand, I get a volatility shift. In other words, if the downside move in the market is greater than the feared move in the market when I, in my long-term options, but the move does not affect my short-term options, in other words, the fear doesn't escalate in the short-term market, so the market moves down enough so it puts, maybe it's something that's long-term or maybe the, maybe the short-term market's already escalated in its fear. If that's the case, I get a down move and my long-term market starts to freak out and my short-term market says, well, we kind of expected this. This position gets absolutely crushed and destroyed. So there's a middle ground there. And that's basically the, the type of story that we're saying by putting on this type of position. So when you look at things in this manner, you get a really great understanding of what has to happen for you to make money as well as what your risks are as they, re as they relate to implied volatility. And if you couple that with the understanding of uh, what drives the extrinsic value of the options, it creates a really in-depth understanding of your positions and your actual risk, you know, what you're actually risking. You know, when most traders look at a trade, they're looking for a set of rules to follow. You know, maybe they backtest the rules. Um, maybe they modify the rules. But in the end, many traders find or make a set of rules, and they hope that what happened in the past is going to continue to happen in the future so they actually, get, they actually make money, right, hopefully without getting wiped out. And sometimes it works for a while. But there are three main issues that, we have with that type of a thought pat pattern or, or a thought process. First is that the exact same situation doesn't repeat itself over and over again. It sort of repeats itself, but it certainly doesn't precisely repeat itself, and it doesn't have to even be similar. 
The same move that reversed at just the right time in back testing, when you were taking on way too much risk, may go the other way this time. The implied volatility shift that happened to occur and made you a boatload of money this time might go the opposite way with the same price type of price move and blow your account out. And I say this because I've seen it happen. You see, one of the challenges we have as humans is that we delete, distort, and generalize things. And that's a good thing in a way because we have to do that in order to survive. Because we have so much information coming at us at any moment that we'd be paralyzed if we didn't delete over 99% of it. So we have to generalize like crazy just to get through life. For example, if we didn't generalize that a certain rectangular shape in a certain part of the room is a door and probably has some sort of handle and it's going to open one way or the other or maybe slide, you know, we, we'd never get anywhere. I mean, if we had to relearn what a door was every time we came up against an object that was slightly different, you know, what if it was red instead of blue? You know, it's not a door anymore because you have to generalize just to look at the same shape with a different color and realize it's still a door. So generalizing is a great skill to have. But when we generalize and we assume that just because the price reversed in the past or that implied volatility reacted one way with a price movement in the past, if we generalize and think it's always going to do that, it can create some really big problems with our trading. You know, especially if you decide to over-leverage yourself. I mean, it can be really bad. The second thing is when traders go out and they actually go out and they trade a rule set that they've spent so long developing, they usually don't actually trade it the way they back-tested it. And assuming, it back assuming the person back-tested the trade properly, which, I mean, that's a whole other subject, right? But assuming it was actually back-tested properly, if you don't trade it the way you back-tested, you're not doing the same trade. And therefore, even if history does repeat itself, you have to be, you have to expect a different result, right? It's not going to be the same. You do something different, you're going to get something different. In which case, I have to question the point of doing the back testing in the first place. And lastly, conditions change, laws change, policies change, technology changes. Something that's worked for years might just stop working. So you need to be able to realize how to recognize that and how to be adaptable to that. Now, one of the things you've probably seen me do if, you, if you've been with me for a while, especially in a live event, is to look at a trade, even a trade that's completely new to me, something I've never seen before. And I can pretty much tell with 95% accuracy when that trade's gonna do well, when it's gonna go poorly, and more importantly, how bad it's gonna get when things eventually turn out of favor for that system, whatever it happens to be. Now, I believe we all have superpowers. I know people who are much smarter than I am. I know people who are much better at theory than I, than I am. Um, people who are better at reading market direction. In fact, you know, some of my students are better traders than I am. You know, they all have superpowers and so do I. I do everything I can do to help them find and master their superpowers. That's one of my powers. But my main superpower, if you don't know what that is, is knowing the key components needed to make something work and finding out why something doesn't work or why it's going to fail. I can literally look at something I know virtually nothing about, determine the key factors that make it work, and pick out what's wrong. Now, that's a two-edged sword because everything has problems. And if you're constantly aware of all the problems, it'll paralyze the person. I know, right, because it happens to me. And my wife is always like, well, why are you always so negative? But it's not that I'm negative. I'm just acutely aware of all the potential flaws that might be happening which is useful as long as you realize that everything has a defect, everything has a problem, 
and you're not going to find the perfect thing. So if you can realize that and you can keep those defects in proper perspective, you can do really well. But aside from that negative factor, a superpower like this is really cool. When I worked on cars, I could walk by a car and things would just pop into my head. Oh, that's going to be a problem. Oh, it's got a leak in this tire over here. I smell electrical connection. People would say, how do you know that? I could fix anything. I could find anything and fix anything. In fact, by the time I was 18, I was head diagnostic technician at a large BMW dealership. And I had trainees working underneath me before I was 20. When I was in school for computer programming, I had several instances when no one could figure out what was wrong with particular programs. Teachers would look at it for days. I'd come by, ask a few key questions, have it fixed in 20 minutes, even though I had virtually no idea what the program was. And that's the way things happen for me. That's, that's something that comes natural. Essentially, I notice things. I cut through the crap. I look at only what's important, which allows me to pinpoint what can go wrong, ask a few key questions, figure it out, and figure out a fix. It's not always the best fix. It's not always the most simple fix, but it's something that works. Even in cases where I really don't know very much or maybe nothing about the theory behind it. And that's my superpower. So one of the things this allows me to do with trading is to look at any set of trading rules, quickly recognize the key elements that make it work, determine when it's going to do well, when it's going to have problems, and the consequences of those problems. And this is what I want for you. I want you, any of my students, to be able to do this. I don't want you to have to learn a set of rules and have to back test them for 100 years and then hope they work when you go live. I don't want you to see a new trade and wonder if you should be doing that instead of whatever you're doing now. Instead, I want you to get to the point where you can see a trade, you look at whatever the creator's doing or whatever you made up, and then instantly tell with amazing accuracy what has to happen to make it work and what has to happen for it to fail and what are the consequences when it fails What are the versus the consequences of what it works. I want everybody to be able to do that so that you know if something's worth investigating and spending your time on for your particular trading style. Okay, so those are just some of the aspects that we cover in Ultimate Income Trader. And I pro probably talked way too long, and I'm going to give this over to Stephen. Stephen, are you there? There. Hey, I'm going to make you presenter, my friend. All right. Pass over some of those superpowers while you're at it. My friend, you have your share of superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I wanted to do or what, what John had, had, had asked us to do is to, you know, can we come on and give sort of a student or an attendee's perspective on, on the course? Because, you know, there is a lot of information. This is like double graduate, maybe PhD level stuff. And I don't say that to uh, scare anybody, but this is the kind of stuff that takes lots of practice. It takes time to digest these concepts, but boy, is it powerful? And I'm still in that process, and I'm, you know, that's part of the journey. But, you know, I think there's some value, obviously, in, in giving you a perspective of somebody who attended the program and is still very much a student of the game. And so I'm going to go over six, what I call kind of high-level learnings, but I'll go into some detail of, of what I took away from the program. And so, you know, I kind of want to start with the end in mind with this presentation to say, well, what's the point? Why the ultimate income trader? What's it about? What's the frickin' point? And I don't mo know where I uh, borrowed this slide from, but this is a slide that John had put up in one of his programs. What is a master trader? You know, he's confident, he's resilient, he's adaptable. That'll be a key word. Trades well enough, support themselves, 
through virtually any market condition. Well, that's really apropos with what's recently happened, right? We had grinding up markets, nine-handle VIX, straight up to the moon in January, and boom, it changed. And I think John can attest to this. A lot of trader, traders were shaken. They were, uh, you know, looking for different trades. They were questioning themselves. They were, you know, uh, maybe looking for different education services. It, it really caused them to strategy hop and asset hop and, and, and shook things. This is what this program should be able to guard against, to, to, to protect you from doing that. And, you know, John says, what, for, a, for a master trader, what is their secret? And I think part of this program is going to teach you they learn about markets and not just to trade, the paint by numbers. We're going to learn about the markets, create the story like John said. We're going to learn how option structures actually react. And I think one thing, you know, to build on what John was saying, you know, not only are we looking at our Greek instruments and our models, say an option view or O&E, but we also have to recognize that those don't always tell us the truth or they don't always have the full picture. And you have to understand the intricacies uh, or the limitations of that software. And that's something that, that's really powerful. When the, when the model's telling you one thing and the market moves and it's the result is totally different and you're screaming and yelling at the software, <laughs> which I think we've all probably done. You know, when you when you uh, have the skills that you could get out of this program, you'll you'll start to understand and anticipate the shortcomings of that model, and it'll really help your trading. I think that's very powerful, Stephen, because, like I said, the analytical models are—I mean—they're just a model, and they make certain assumptions. And you, as the trader, are the one responsible for determining whether the assumptions the modeling the model is making is going to actually come to pass if certain price movements happen. Right, yeah. and I think that that happened a lot last year. You know, the right leg, right leg crush was a was a recurring theme with a lot of people, and you know, the model wasn't picking that up because we were such in an abnormal. Uh, sort of skew market, if you will, and, and a grinding up market, and it, it creates problems if you don't really understand uh, what's happening and how, how you can maybe uh, uh, combat that, so to speak. And then, you know, the last bullet point here I wanted to highlight was a master trader understands there, there is no holy grail and that the effectiveness of any system comes and goes, and that includes, you know, all of John's wonderful systems as well. And, you know, certain aspects of them, it's probably more accurate to say, um, the effectiveness comes and goes, and so we have to be aware of that. And so to really, you know, to master this game, to master your craft, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through sort of the six elements that I think that you that you need to learn that this program definitely brings to the forefront. And one big central theme is it teaches you how to get in tune with the market, its ebbs and flows, and its patterns, not only from an IV perspective and a, and a price action perspective, but from uh, an option markets perspective. So with that, I think I'll just go through the summary of the six lessons. Hey guys, I'm just gonna stop this for a minute here and I'm gonna just go over. I, I got a comment from Paul I just like to share with people. And I'd also like to tell you about the offer we have on the program. So let me just talk about this comment a little bit. So Paul says, it was a big insight for me and changed my results when I realized that we don't trade a trade. We trade the market. We use trades as a mechanism to make money in the market, so we must understand the market and how the trades respond in different market conditions. 
I've had a lot of success with rules-based trades and I've been able to control losses, but I've traded a given trade longer than I should have creating frustration. Over the last few months, I vary the trades I put on based on the market conditions. My experience with this is that my positions are consistent with my market view and my results are more consistent and my mental game is much, much better. This said so well, I just figured I'd share it with you guys. So just quickly, who is the ultimate income trader designed for? Really, it's for more advanced traders. So if you're at the point where you're just learning, there is a valid reason to spend a substantial amount of time in rules-based trades. That is to learn and understand how those trades react and how they perform in certain market conditions as you're trading them. If you're at that point and you haven't reached that understanding yet, this may not be, you may not be ready for something like this, but if you're truly in stage like four and a half in our trader success blueprint, or certainly in pro or pro trader, this is absolutely for you. So anyone trading serious money with complex option spreads, anyone considering modifying income trades through volatility analysis or technical analysis or through news analysis, anyone adding subjectivity to income trades in any way, anyone considering relying on trading as a source of income absolutely should run through a program like this. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, really going to help you out. So with the ultimate income trader, it's there to help you discover what you need to know to successfully adapt to the marketplace and create the most consistent income. It's there to help you uncover the factors that drive the extrinsic value of options and therefore implied volatility to help you understand the hopes, fears, dreams, and desires and how uh, of the uh, participants of the marketplace and how that drives implied volatility and how that drives price movement and how it affects your positions. And also it helps you learn to properly utilize technical analysis. And that's important word, properly utilize. There's a lot of people who use technical analysis, especially in directional trading, but a lot of times they don't properly utilize it in a way that helps them and that becomes a problem. So how to properly utilize that technical analysis, the implied volatility analysis and news, as well as how they interact with each other to reveal what combination of these factors mean to your positions and how they affect your profits. Within the program, this program is essentially a recording of the live two-day seminar and workshop that we did in Boston, Massachusetts. We cover a four-part technical analysis primer, we talk about why income trading works and all the dynamics of how it works. We do in-depth lessons on implied volatility, what it is, how it works, how it affects positions. And then we do a lot with psychology, not just trader psychology, but psychology of the market. And realistically, when you start dealing with implied volatility, it's very, very helpful to understand the psychology of the market because implied volatility is a reflection of the psychology of the market. But you want to know who are the major market participants, how do they think, and things such as that. We talk about the Greeks and how they are affected by implied volatility, how to predict changes in implied volatility, how implied volatility affects the reliability of your analytical model predictions. A lot of us rely heavily on analytical models. If you do not understand how the implied volatility is affecting those, it can be very troublesome. You want to know what implied volatility skew is telling you, how to identify and adapt to change, and how to properly interpret risk and identify risk. So Within there, we talk about negotiating orders and trade execution, which I know is a big one. We have a section on that. Uh, comprehensive market analysis, knowing market psychology based on horizontal and vertical implied volatility skews and comparing them to technicals and news. Analyzing the market through cross-index analysis on multiple timeframes. Trade planning, custom trade entries, custom trade exits and adjustments based on charting implied volatility and news considerations. And we also have 
top students and instructors share their experiences, their trades, and their advice. And really that is priceless for you. So also included, we have three, what we call three mission debriefs. So we had homework and missions that we did within the Ultimate Income Trader. And you know, through these, you can learn how each team analyzed the market. You can notice how they developed a plan to trade their objectives. You can analyze their psychology and discover the results of their efforts. And through all this, you can uncover the secrets of adapting to the market, regardless of the type of trading you do. And it really is for anybody who does these types of uh, trading strategies, whether they're our strategies or not, it's all very great information. So what we're going to do here is with the Ultimate Income, Income Trader Workshop, we're having a sale on it. It's normally $19.95. Our basic member price is going to be $18.95. Our Go member price is, uh, we save $300 for $16.95. And the Pro members save $500, only $14.95. This is the best offering we've ever had on the program and probably will ever have. I think it's a fantastic savings. So to take advantage of that, if you're a Go or Pro member, go into your Pro discounts. So go into the community, go to pro discounts or go discounts if you're a go member and you can just click this button and go there if you are a non-member or not a member yet you can join basic membership for free what you would do is you'd come into let's see lockinyoursuccess.com which is here go to trading courses this is a trading performance course not a trading strategy course and then you go to Ultimate Income Trader Workshop and the information will pop up right here if you just scroll a little bit. So that's what we have there. I'm gonna hop in and bring us back to the workshop. We'll have questions and answers afterwards. I look forward to doing that. So please post any questions you have into the chat and we'll make sure we get those answered for you. And here's- You might need a shield if, you know, if there's something else coming at you, you might need a little bit different protection or if the market is just going haywire, you've always got something in your in your quiver or your your uh, um, portfolio of strategies or tactics or whatever ready to go you're adaptable you know you can shape shift it's like water water can go around anything right it can change form that's the kind of the kind of state you want to be able to get to or that's at least what we strive to and I think this program definitely gives you the ability to adapt and be a true adaptable trader and, and for me, that's what that means. I think a lot of people say, you know, you got to be adaptable. Well, that can mean a lot of different things. But for me, it means, you know, being able to change and move with the market no matter what it throws at me so that I have a consistent equity curve. Now, I may not be trading the same kind of trades and the same kind of structure. I may be all over the place, but at the end of the year, I've got that consistent equity curve that I'm always striving for. And the second learning was, you know, John really kind of drove that home on his part of the presentation is how do we make money or what drives that? Where, where do the gains and losses come from? And I'll go into detail on that in a couple slides later. The third takeaway is this powerful combination. And to me, this is probably one of the superpowers, right? Is when you combine that understanding of IV skew structures, not just, you know, absolute value IV and not just looking at one IV curve, but, you know, the structure across time, horizontally and vertically, and you combine that with some, you know, basic technical analysis and charting. I, I don't think John's ever felt like, you know, you had to know every single indicator of the book or know, you know, what an bearish engulfing pattern. We're talking about fairly simple, very basic technical analysis. When you combine those two things, bam, that's a superpower. You're on your way to master trader. And that's 
probably one of the main thrusts of the whole program is to be able to use that information. And so number four, I think number three on this list leads you to number four, right? So when you really understand SKU uh, to, a, to a deeper level and, and some basic technical analysis, you know, even some advanced stuff, although I, I don't think, John, you know, you ever get into indicators and all this other fancy stuff. It's not that hard. I think a lot of people either don't believe in technical analysis and patterns and whatnot, but, you know, I would say give it a chance check it out first and when you combine those two together your mind will open up to all sorts of trade possibilities for example a positive Vega and gasp a negative theta configuration yes those kind of configurations can make money if you're using the SKU and your technical analysis in your favor you can make all kinds of configurations and structures that we usually don't consider and then number five you know, it seems like the first four things lead, leads us down a path of complexity. But the big shocker, I think, at kind of the end of the program, John, for me was like, wow, wait a minute. We're, we're kind of saying, yeah, once we get all this high level or this deeper understanding on our belt, we're really moving back to simplicity. Mm. Because I think a lot of people tend to associate complexity with higher returns. And as you said in the past, that, that correlation is not necessarily always the same. And in fact, it could be the opposite. Yeah, I agree completely. And I see that more and more people getting more and more complex and making less and less money. So yeah. Very, and very I think good the point. simplicity, as a, yeah, as we'll show, it, it comes in a different form. It's not necessarily simplicity, say, in the, in the context of a UB1, like where it's just strictly rules-based and you're, you know, you only have one or two things you're doing. I, I don't mean simplicity in that way. I mean simplicity over the campaign. And then number six, once you've kind of got one through five internalized, it allows you to kind of sit there and lay out the trade plan and you visualize literally how this, the, the four, five, six different ways or however many ways that you've planned for, that it's going to play out. And so I'll go in depth on a little bit more on each one of those those high levels. And some of it may be a little bit redundant, but I think it's worth talking about. So adaptability, right? So we're moving away from repetitive trade structures, which is pretty much everything that's out there in the market. There's nothing wrong with it. The paint by numbers, you know, we kind of hear that term tossed around. It works great. You know, you have to find something that fits your personality, fits your lifestyle, fits your risk tolerance. That's fine. A lot, a lot of those types of trades work. It's just the problems can come. When we Plus have there, market, there's an awesome place to start all, too, right? Yep. Right, there are awesome places. Yeah, to start. you have to. Like, if you're a new, if you're no, a new yeah, trader, that's what you want to do. You want to come in, you want to just get some trade rules, see how they react. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Definitely not. Not a knock on it. I've got a new student I'm working with now. We started out with a bull trade. Now we're moving into UB1. I'm saying, you know, I said you have to learn this first before we move you on to the M3 and the, and the X4 or, or wherever you take your trading. You've got to get your foundational stuff down. But if you are frustrated or if you feel like you want to take things to the next level, you, you know, this is how you can move away from sort of the paint by number stuff. This is how we evolve and how we adapt. And, you know, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but this could be one way to think of it is if you, if you do the paint by number trades, you're going to get paint by number results, which is fine doesn't matter, but if you take the learnings and get the deeper understanding from this program, I think it really helps to guard against strategy hopping and asset hopping.
which is what I think you see every time we have these corrections or we have, or it's not even a correction, it could be just a straight up bull market like we had last year. It causes people to strategy hop and asset hop. And I just think to me that's like starting back at ground zero. Yeah, you know, and another I, thing you know, too. We've all done it. I've done it. Right. And another thing too, Stephen, this down move we had in the market, I mean, if you're mm -hmm. paying attention to what's going on, that had to be expected. Had and to be expected. And like you and I, talked about it was a oppor big opportunity too it's a big opportunity and it retraced right to the point where it should have retraced for a very strong uptrending market there's this mm -hmm. there there is nothing that really shouldn't have been foreseen other than the volatility shift may have been a little bit more than we may have expected but uh, right. more than normal for multiple reasons but that's because we you know one of the things we talk about in the program is the sentiment shifts we had such a severe sentiment right. we haven't had a down move in the SPX in two freaking years and you got a market right. that's floating to the upside. There's no fear of the downside. Just a normal technical move. If you know basic technical analysis, a normal technical move, you would know that, that, that a normal move would have been a move like we haven't seen in two years, just to correct back to a normal uptrend. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, you could, and if you're not going to protect against that or trade smaller or do something, I mean, I lost money that month too, but I was, I was in much, much smaller than I normally am because the market – at some point, I know what the market should do, and the market wasn't doing what it should do. So that makes me, as a trader, nervous and causes me to, to, to size my positions down. I was going to say, and, you know, or put protect or, or, or play it out a little bit further and say, you know, when this correction comes and it's going to come down to this particular area, what can I do as far as new yeah. trades? You know, right, playing in advance, kind of, I love it. <laughs> play in advance to say, you know, yeah, you know, I'm not going to get out of the trade I'm in now because it, it may not correct now. It hasn't corrected in two years, like you said. But in, yeah. in, in the case that it does, I've already got a plan in place on how to protect this current trade. And actually, I might put protect it now because, like you said, there were clues in the market that said this was coming. And, you know, January was giving lots of clues. I mean, just from a simple standpoint, the RVX was going up while the Russell was screaming higher. Well, volatility going up when the market's going up is abnormal status. So, you know, that right there, you know, so you have a plan uh, in place to deal with the current trade, but you say, you know, when that correction comes, what am I going to do to take advantage of it? And this, the ultimate income traders is, is where that comes into play, is to help you get prepared to take advantage of opportunity, not sit there and play defense all day long. So just to finish out that, this slide, you know, you know, the first thing you have to do to, when you're in an adaptability mode and not just a... Um, you know, strict rules-based or even some concept-based trade. So what market am I in? And it's more more than just saying, you know, I'm on a bullish and a bearish market, but it's taking technical analysis, IV, and the skew charts and kind of having a multiple-dimensional look and say, now what market am I in? Well, you know, I'm in a bull market, grinding market, but I'm also in one where, you know, the, the VIX is, is at a 30-year low, that's a, that's ab, I'm in an abnormal bull market. I think you could probably characterize it as that. And that there's a correction coming. You know, it's like point number three. Build the story by using more than just, well, it's bullish, it's bearish. Well, but, yeah, but we have access to more context, right? IV, skew, build the story. And then that helps us to adapt our trades. And so this one is, is the bullet point number two. This is the one that I, I thought was really great when – John's in the uh, program talking about it. He's like, you know, it's almost like you kind of want to say, no, you guys all got it wrong. Not, not the students, but, you know, the educated universe out there, right? And so 
I think it's great when you hear, you know, we're theta traders. What do we think? We, we trade theta, you know, and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, there's not the theta gremlin who sneaks into your account at night and he's, he sticks that theta number into your account. And, you know, and, and he, he especially puts, he puts two deposits in your account over the weekend, right? Because you're positive right. theta trader, you know, he's, he's sticking that money in your account. You're making that money. No. You know what a really good example of that is, Stephen, is yep. that, and I noticed this because I put one of these on, I put on a negative delta SPX butterfly, uh, broken wing butterfly, back in, I don't know, mid-January maybe, and the price went up, and the price went up, and it got crushed. But theoretically, it was like over a month since I had put it on. It was either late December or early January, but, but I, I think, so it must have been late December. It was over a month I had this trade on. And it was a negative delta butterfly. And if you looked at the T plus zero line, it was developing a nice little hump in it. And everything mm -hmm. was going to be perfect. Well, the market pulled back right through that butterfly. And by the time it hit the center of the butterfly, despite a month going by and my theta working for me for how long? I don't know. Right. Despite that, the thing was down an incredible amount of money <laughs> Right. by the time it got back there. So Yeah. Yeah. And I mean. So what did the Greeks mean? Right, exactly. Crap. Exactly. <laughs> you didn't have the, you know, further, you, you know, the, the the trader who's just starting out, or maybe even some inter intermediates, you know, that could cause a lot of angst. And it's it's not only you know the 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 gain loss impact, but it's the mental capital impact, right? You're like, like for me, I would always, I would kind of get wrapped around the, why is this happening? What the hell is going on? Why is the T plus zero line under zero on positive data? And I've had this thing for thirty days. Why, why, why? Well, ultimate income trader. You know, it, it, it's going to provide you the tools to be able to answer those questions and get in tune with the market and understand. You had a, uh, I forget if it was a community coaching session or not, maybe it was a question. It's somebody says, you know, you know, we're trading uncertainty, right? And uncertainty is expressed as implied volatility. And one of our members, Bob Dobrin, you know, he asked a question or the statement. He says, you know, we get paid more when there's greater uncertainty. And another way to say that, which is what you were saying earlier, John, is, you know, we get paid when realized or historical volatility turns out to be less than implied volatility during the campaign. That's how we make money. And so, you know, ultimately, in the, the day, we're trading emotions and specifically fear and greed. And I've got a little, I call it a thought pyramid, to kind of explain that. And, and maybe this, starting at the base of this pyramid, is maybe kind of how some of us have always have evolved our understanding of what we're doing because <laughs> I know we all right. first, we said, you know, you see that first uh, education side, you side, sell premium, iron condors, credit spreads, you make $100 a week, you'll, you know, you'll be Goldman Sachs in six months. So, you know, that's the way we kind of think of wh what we do is what income trading is, you're selling premium and then you kind of evolve and you think, well, no, okay, it's data decay, it's data decay, you, you know. That's what we're really doing. Sure, okay, that's fine. And then you kind of evolve your thinking again to, well, you know, it's implied volatility is what it is. And this is kind of where the big jump, or, or you'd be surprised how many people don't really understand is what, it's like what you were saying, what's driving implied volatility, which is really an output number, is demand. It's demand for those options. And what drives demand for options or a particular strike is this collective emotions of the market. Because that's all the market is. You know, a price chart is just the, an expression of the collective emotions of the market participants. It's not the discounted cash flows or dividend model of all the companies out there and we throw it on a chart. You know, a lot of people still believe that, that it's all about PE ratios and price multiples. I mean, it's like, what, what, what are you thinking? It's, 
it's emotion. <laughs> I mean, you know, somewhere in there, yeah. I mean, the market is based on on fundamentals uh, to a certain extent, but was today based on fundamentals? You know, I don't know. I think there's probably a lot of emotion, you know, and people getting caught in the wrong place. And fear and greed, as as collective emotions, come in different forms, right? So there's fear of missing out, which is probably what we've seen a lot of in the last few years. And then there's fear of, you know, losing money, losing your capital. And then there's greed. And that's pretty right. much it. That's what you're trading. And, I, you know, the mathematical kind of uh, way to express it is, is sort of right here, the way I think of it. You know, whenever the historical is, is end up being less than they implied, then then we're winners, and like you said earlier, then uh, maybe not so much. So I think you know that's important to understand what's driving this and, and how we stitch this together with the rest of the concepts. Right, right, and, and you know we just had some just comments. Historical volatility has you know since early February has been higher than implied volatility, is what Andrew said. Um, yeah. What, what you know what happens when it switches? Well, the thing is, if if your volatility gets to the point where the feared price movement is less than the actual price movement in the markets, our trades don't work anymore. Selling mm -hmm. premium does not work anymore because you're not going to get paid anything to sell it. Right. You're much better off buying premium at that point. Right. Because Which the market's moving – it's getting – it's moving more than you get paid for. Right? Yeah. Which, which kind of boils down to what I was saying earlier, you know, open your minds to trade possibilities to take advantage of a change in the, in the environment. Instead of just saying, well, you know, all I've got is negative, negative vega, positive phase of trades. Well, like you just said, those don't, those aren't always going to work, but other things can work. And so this is the sort of superpower combination, right? A deeper understanding of the IV skew and technical analysis. I mean, that combination is, is pretty incredible. And I have on here a comment that three times your returns, you know, if you say your base returns is a concept, is a uh, M3 concept trade. Mm -hmm. What you know, five to ten percent on fifty thousand dollar capital. Right. Applying this understanding and this kind of these these techniques, I mean, four x, five x times the returns is very possible without increased risk and in plan capital. I mean, that. I mean, that's kind of the takeaway, right? I mean, that's that's what you take off the slide and go. Well, <laughs> I, I need to check this thing out. I mean. Making yeah, more but, higher returns with the same risk with just a deeper level of understanding and some trade planning is what it's really all about. Right, but we're not doing the same thing every month. Right. right? We're, right. we're taking a lot of different things into consideration, not just technical analysis, not just volatility, and not just the news, but how the three are interacting with each other. Yeah. As, yeah, as to it, where our opportunity is in the market. Yeah. Right, and, and that's, that's a good segue. That sort of speaks to alignment. You know, becoming aligned with the market and looking at things kind of in a 3D manner, like you just said, not only price action, not only IV skew, but across expirations, not only the T plus zero line, but maybe even another dimension, butterfly pricing, tracking it, and then across expirations. You know, you take all that together and you're building a story and you're getting in alignment with the market and you're prepared for, for what may be coming down the road. Yep. And like I said here, you know, the, understanding all these kind of things gives you a sense of, a deeper sense of how that fear and greed, which drives option prices and, and employability, how that's being allocated. Right, 
Right. It, yeah, it, and it's it's very realistic, you know. And I think we also talk a lot about the sentiment of the market and re, and just understanding what that is at any given time. Right. And and you know, and we always we kind of always think of it in, a, in kind of silos or one dimension, right? We can all look at a price chart and say, yeah, well, you know, we're in a bullish market and higher highs and and, and higher lows, or you know. And then we say, well, then there's the IV and I, I kind of know a skew chart, and then well, you know, then the other day I was looking at TP. T plus airline, pull all that together. I mean, it, you know, it's all kind of already in us. We all are kind of, a lot of us intermediate and advanced traders, we've always kind of seen that, but this this helps you really wrap all that together into actionable items, you know, and building a new trade. And so I think right. that's, that's the jump that uh, this program ha helps people make. Awesome. Okay, so, you know, okay, great. I understand the IB SKU, and I'm an adaptable trader. I've got a deeper understanding. Now, now how does this help my business, my trading business, my trading plan? You know, we understand that currently the big IV shifts or major transitions really hurt our trades. So, you know, can we step out away from those constraints? Can we break out from that kind of thinking? Because I think, you know, what we do when we asset hop and we strategy hop is we're still just going to a negative vega positive theta trade when we have a big shift, you're not really changing anything. You're just, you're kind of avoiding a condition that happened now rather than, you're not, you're not in alignment. You know what I'm saying? Like people will adjust their trade because they're feeling pain because of a certain market dynamic and then they fix that part, but they haven't really, they're still not in alignment with the market. Right. Yeah. I, I know completely what you mean. There's, you're not really fixing anything. You're just kind of dodging the problem. Um, and, and you made this comment. You know, you, we reviewed all sorts of different trades, and it was like, you know, at the end of the day, the tent behind the money income trades are kind of all the same, just repackaged and renamed. And I'm generally speaking, and again, not a negative, but let's, you know, we have to understand that all these trades are sort of basically the same in a lot of ways so they at least they, they definitely have a lot of the main characteristics the same so you're not right. going to just put a name on it and change the adjustment strategy and now it's a totally different trade that can that has that's adapted to this new market not really it's not really going to it's not going to give you that kind of an outcome when you have that understanding again you say you know can i go away from this defensive mindset and be offensive and i, I think you brought that up the other day john in one of our presentations and that's that's where Another kind of giant takeaway is from this program is how can I stop being in a passive mode? Oh, the market's gone up. I've got to roll up. Oh, crap, that takes an hour. I'd rather just do verticals. You know, it's that kind of thing. That's a defensive mindset, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but you can is there a way can we go offensive? Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think I think we all drift to this mindset naturally. I think mm -hmm. that's what's been going to us, and we've seen it to the extreme lately with these crazy hedge trades, right? So. Mm -hmm. You just you t you tend to drift that way, and I I find myself drifting that way mainly because uh, partially because I mean I let myself do it, but partially because basically you know, a lot of the students want that. So a sure. lot of the stuff we've been having lately is broken wing butterfly, broken wing butterfly, broken wing butterfly, because that's everybody's trying to gravitate towards that type of a trade right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're right, it's very very defensive. And by the way, they are pretty much all the same thing just repackage with slightly different adjustment strategies, or in some cases, just somebody who just does stuff at random. They throw a broken wing butterfly on and just kind of does stuff at random to try and make money. But mm -hmm. but we do gravitate towards that. And one of the things that hit me is one of my students from doing this exercise, and it was Wayne, he comes out and he says, well, we are traders, aren't we? 
You know, what's the difference between a trader and someone who trades? I mean, someone who trades sticks on a broken wing butterfly and hopes it works out or has a fixed set, set of strategies. There's no artistry in that, and you can only expect a certain amount of results from that, and you can't really expect to be varying to different market conditions from doing that. You know, right. a, a real trader is going to come in. They're going to come in. They're going to they're going to be aware of the landscape. They're going to know what's going on, you know, in all the areas you were talking about, and they're going to make a judgment as to where the best opportunity is, and they're going to trade offensively they're, they're going to trade to make money they don't trade right. to to not lose i mean you know a true trader i mean yes you have to control your risk of course but your primary objective here is to make money if your primary objective is not to lose you can't expect to make that much right and and that's a great segue because you know one of the, the culmination of the program was is john had had us all break up into uh, work groups and small teams and he gave us a um, a market scenario a, a real one in the past and he just says you know go for it do your trade planning craft a trade tell me what you would do and 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 how this trade will will play out and our peak team I, I'm gonna have to pat ourselves on the back I thought we we were uh, unique in a lot of ways and I, I want to uh, give a big hat tip to to the team and it was Susan Fife, Ed Costa and uh, our trade designer Wayne Klomp and we came up with an M21 style trade, which required some trade planning up front, a lot of hard work up front, which Susan was really, really good about, and the rest of us uh, were marveled at her ability to run through that stuff so fast. And we developed a positive, negative, negative theta trade in the class. And in the program, John uh, does one-on-one uh, -on -one reviews with, I think there were four teams, right, John, or were there five? There were actually three that we did reviews on. Three reviews. And he just gives feedback, and uh, and it was really amazing experience to kind of really, it was the whole open your mind up thing for me, and it was an aha. And so, you know, this last quarter, we're in a straight up market. I did my trade planning, took some live money. It was basically based on that pink team strategy, and I made 28% return on capital. You know, to me, that was just like, you know what? Now, not only did I pay for the course, but it was just like, holy crap. And I'm looking at the market and the option configurations and the structures and the adjustments in a totally different way. And, uh, you know, now now I've got another another way to approach the market. And I actually have added this trade to my portfolio of, of strategies. And so, you know, that's what you could do when you, when you pull all this together. And if you want a sneak peek of that trade, it's in the program. That <laughs> <laughs> is, that's right. Because yeah, you guys went over it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And if you go over it, detail. So I, you know, I, to me, I think that that's that's really where uh, where the rubber meets the road. Yeah, we, we spent well over an hour doing, going over the setup. Oh yeah. Behind it, behind it, and and, and yeah. how it went. And and you know, I'll just kind of speak to this slide. I'm not going to go bullet point, but but as far as like that experience with that trade we did, you know, all the hard work was done up front. There was a lot, some te uh, technical analysis and charting that we do. John provides a, a spreadsheet for you to do. You go through all that once, and you kind of have, you know, you kind of have your technical analysis plan forever going forward, and you just kind of fill it in for for current or recent activities. And we we just plan out the trade. We crafted the trade. If it goes here, you know, then we're going to do X. If it goes here, we're going to do Y. And you all the hard work is done up front. And that's where I come back and say, well, once the trade is on and we're in the campaign, 
it's simple. I'm not kind of wondering. I'm not just concept trading. I'm kind of executing. I mean, sure, you know, you might have something in your plan and how you're going to deviate from it, but it's kind of more in the sense of let the trade ripen. Let the trade work for you instead of, you know, kind of the other way, what we're sort of used to. And, and when I say simplicity, that's kind of what I mean. You know, you've got, you've built your probability map of how the trade's going to unfold and you just sort of let it happen. That doesn't mean I'm not adjusting or I'm not taking action. It means that, you know, every day we're not doing some incremental thing. We've already sort of planned for all that. It's sort of a bigger, a wider look. And that kind of leads me to this last slide, John, of of visualization, right? So once you've once you've done all the hard work up front of the trade planning and how this is going to play out, you just kind of think of it, visualize it. It's like a golfer, right? Before they, they kind of close their eyes, you'll see some golfers, they'll close their eyes and they're going through that mental exercise in their mind. I know, John, you, you've probably got a little bit more advanced analogies of this, but <laughs> yeah. they think of the shot, you know, like the variables, what's the distance, what's the wind, what direction is it coming from, what are the, they take all those variables into consideration and they think, what's the trajectory, you know, that I wanted the shot, what's the shot shape, once they have that in their mind, then they go execute the shot. And it's, and it's very similar with this. You know, all your trading is done up front, like I said, and you just dance with the market. You're in alignment with the market. It's already planned out. It doesn't mean everything is going to work out as a profit, but it means that you, you've put that, you stack the odds in your favor even more. Right. I think that's an important point you brought out. I mean, yes, we, we increase our, our odds even more because we're taking the landscape into consideration, and that's extremely powerful. But at the same time, things don't go as planned. Right. Right. We make these plans. Things don't go exactly as planned. But what we do know is, like, when we plan out a trade is we have indicators where we're going to change our opinion. So we have spots or areas or things that might happen that might change our opinion. And we know that ahead of time going in. And we play those out. And the visualization plays a really strong part in that. In other words, you know, I'm going to take my trade and I'm not just, I'm not just going to visualize it going perfectly. I mean, that doesn't really do me any good. I mean, mm -hmm. it gives me an idea of how it might go. But um, realistically, I need to visualize it, all the scenarios that may play out and make an estimation of how much my trade's going to be drawn down and all this other stuff. You know, you know, like I said, one of the things that I can do, and I've told people this for a long time, is I could take a bearish butterfly at any given time. You, could, you tell me the entry price in Delta and then tell me the market's here. This is the range the market's been in and the market's here on this date in the future. And I can tell you within a very, very surprisingly accurate number what my profit and loss is. I can tell you what my Delta is. I can tell you everything about that trade and how it's going to be, the position it's going to be in. I can tell you what my feelings of that trade are going to be about. Right. So you should be able to do that for yourself. When you set your trade up, yeah, you play out the right process. This is what I think is going to happen. But also play out every other process you can think of. In other words, by the time you actually put this trade on, you should have done it in your mind like 500 times. And the mm -hmm. good thing is you can do it really quickly in your mind. Right, and that you you know all the scenarios. You make your best guess at how far down you'll be. That way, when it actually happens and you watch it play out, you can get feedback from that and say, "Oh, I was wrong when I was down this much. Uh, I was wrong. I was actually up money. Why was I actually up money?" Kind of get an idea surrounding of you know compare what you thought would happen with what actually happened, and mm -hmm. figure out the reason for the difference and use that the next time to more accurately predict what your position is going to do the next time we do it. And it's just a cycle that continually gets you better and better and better at doing it. 
And when you practice that much, like a lot of traders, they put on 12 trades a year. You don't learn shit from doing 12 trades a year. Right. You do something 12 right. times where the circumstances are different every single time, or if they're the same, you didn't, you really didn't do anything because right. you did the same trade 12 times. So, no. so you don't learn anything. You only learn something when you look at all the different things that would have happened and you do it. Now, I might, mm -hmm. you know, somebody might trade, do a trade for, for, for a year and do it 12 times. I might do a trade 12 times and do it 3,000 times. So mm -hmm. I have that much more learning and I learn that much faster. You know, how do you learn so fast? Well, that's how you learn fast. You right. Know, you play the scenarios out. Yeah, like, like the trade that I put on, uh, I guess we could call it a pink team trade that I put on live. You know, it was partially an experiment, right? Let's put this mm -hmm. to the test. But, you know, I made much more money on that trade than any other trade that I've got. But I learned so much more, just like you just said, than any other trade. Because, you know, it was a new experience. Obviously, it was a totally different configuration. But I picked up so much more just from that one campaign that I'm now I'm going to fit in the next campaign. To make it better it's it's like you said it's that snowball of knowledge right this gets better and better and better as you keep going through uh iter new iterations of the trade i mean when you first do this you're gonna suck i'll put yeah. it right out there right because yeah. it's completely new and your emotional bias is going to be in but if you stick with it you now we do things with people especially when we start doing like the m21 program you know, people start doing that, and they say, oh, this doesn't work because I, my performance actually decreased. And I said, yeah, you're doing something new. Your performance is going to decrease. But the people who stick with it are doing, I mean, they're killing it. So the same thing here. you got to stick with it until you get this stuff down, and then so you can be killing it. Yep, and it takes time. I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's a process. But I, I, I know enough now to know the power in it and, and where it can take my trading if that's a fit, you know, and if that's where I want to take it. And, uh, you know, for me, I think the more you can learn, the better your trading is. Even if it, even if your trade, you trade, stay with simplistic trades, it can even make those trades easier. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing something as simple as a bull trade, if you mm -hmm. know what's going on in the market, you might have times you might want to stay out of it, you know. Right. Uh, certainly with a bearish butterfly, there's times you don't want to be in the market. Or size yeah. it up or size it down. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Yeah. Size to your confidence, as they say so that you have more room to fool around with stuff. And like we both said, there, there are times you are going to be wrong with the market. You know, one of the things I do with a bearish butterfly all the time is I'll put a bearish butterfly on when I think I'm at a resistance level, but my intent is never to get fully scaled into a bearish butterfly and lose, you know, $30,000 or $50,000. My intent is if the market doesn't do what I expect it to do, I get out and I do something else. Right. Right. You're dancing Six. with the market. Yeah. Yeah, I said, oh, well, it should have been bearish here, but hey, it's not. It's like the Russell thing. You know, my thought on the Russell last Monday was it was probably going to come up to resistance and it was probably going to range sideways. Well, the day that broke out, the story changed. That's right. an instant flip in, in sentiment. That shouldn't have happened, and I know that shouldn't have happened. That being the case, I'm full-on bullish at that point. Because right, now you didn't get, you didn't get married to your initial no. thoughts. No, even if my, my initial plan was put on a bearish butterfly, it looks like I'm on top of the market. I'm not married to that because if I'm looking at the technicals and I'm looking at my volatility and if I see a breakout with a certain volatility shift in the markets and I look at the cross-index, we do cross-index analysis, I look at all the other indexes and what they're doing, and if I think that thing's going to fly, I mean, my opinion changes on a second. Mm -hmm. I don't need to stay with that opinion. It doesn't serve me anymore. So, right. You know, and if I'm one-third in a bearish butterfly, that's a very safe entry. Yeah. You know, 
you know, so it, it's, I don't know, it's, you know, and I, I think John, and the other big benefit, and, and it's, like I said, it, it's not totally there yet, but it will be is, is it's the emotional benefits, the mental benefits. So, so like days like today, you know, can cause a little angst for, you know, most of our traditional trades in terms of, you know, it's a little bit more work and you got to do this, you got to do that, it, you know, and it's going to vary from certain people, but you know, when you're really in tune with the market, you're just, it's like you said, you know, you just flip sentiment, you change your, you change your trade, or you change your configuration, it's just, it's not a big deal, it's like, I visualize that, that's fine, I'm not married to it, I'm, I'm, I'm in alignment, you do what you want to do, right. and I'm aligned with you, and, it, and I think that can help reduce uh, some of the angst that builds up when the market, you know, has these sort of extreme moves one way or the other, and that, you know, anytime we can reduce or soothe or help our mental capital or psychological state, I think that that's, it brings nothing but benefits. You know what else happens, helps it too, is the fact you've already played this out in your head. Yeah, right. It's not a surprise. In other words, if this happens to me, if I'm, if I'm a bearish butterfly or whatever and the market breaks out like this and, you know, we get this real big extended move, especially like the election thing, mm -hmm. I... I've already played that scenario in my head. You know, I can say that, hey, the Russell's only ever gone 160 points before it runs sideways or backs off for a certain period of time. I can say that, and I can make a trade plan for that, and it's just extremely high probability because the market's never done anything more than that. It's probably not going to happen. I mean, it's a very, you know, it takes my high probability trade and jacks it up even a higher probability. But there is that 1% or 2% chance that, hey, it may do something the market's never done before. And right. I need to play that scenario out in my head. It's not. It's not. It's going to go to 160, and it will reach a retrace. It's going to go to 160, and then if I happen to be at an important resistance point, maybe it's going to break out 30 points at that point, right? Mm -hmm. So I have to already play that scenario out and realize that this may happen. Pretty much guesstimate the best I can at my loss, mm -hmm. and be okay with that. Otherwise, I can't trade the trade because by the time I get up there, I'm going to be so nervous at that point, I'm not going to be able to hold mm -hmm. the position, right? Right, I'm going to do the low probability thing and flatten out, and then the market's going to come down. Right. Right. So that's just a, a that's a um, you know an example of a, emotions getting the best of you at that point. You know, you're, right. you're playing out the perfect trade, but you find out when you're sitting there, you know, scaled in three thirds that you can't hold that kind of delta for three days. Right. And, and and John, I just want to make the point. You know, the 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 end game of this program is not so that you'll configure a brand new trade like like we did with right. the pink team that's not necessary that's just one conclusion you know I think for the majority of people it's how can I take what I have now and improve it and further customize it to me and to and, and right. getting in tune with the market better I mean you know you don't have to come up with a brand new trade a positive vague and negative theta but you could you you know you use this stuff right now to improve what right. you got but there are certainly times in the market where being positive vega negative thrust yeah. vega is very beneficial. No, I mean, I, for me, I mean, that's yeah. I just yeah. didn't want you know the conclusion to be well. Oh, this is about how you can create your own trade. Yes, it is a pathway to creating new trades, which I think is. Well, good. you create your own trade every month, really. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, yeah. Right. Yeah. You could improve what you have, or you can you can create something totally new and and throw that into your portfolio of strategies. And when the market uh, presents a certain scenario, you'll know what to pull out of the bag. Yeah, exactly. I'm often asked, who is the ultimate income trader designed for? It's not for a newbie. 
okay? If you're just starting to learn complex option spreads, I mean, find some rule sets, practice, focus, focus, focus in on how the options react, and just do that for a while. It's also not for you if your strategy is to put on and hope. You know, if you say, I'm going to put on this trade every single month, no matter what, I'm going to ignore the market, I'm just going to hope that it works out. That, again, that's not for you. However, if you're trading serious money in complex option spreads, or you want to modify income trades through volatility analysis, or through technical analysis, or through news analysis, or if you want to add you know, subjectivity in any way to your trading, then this is the type of program that would be great for you. I mean, for someone who wants to drastically improve your understanding of any income strategy, in other words, maybe you do want to trade rule-based, but you don't really, but you really want to get a thorough understanding for how it works, doesn't matter what it is, you know, whether it be rule-based or subjective, then, then again, this is for you, regardless of the type of, of income strategy, as long as it's an income strategy, it's not a, not a straight directional thing, right? In the program, we cover factors that drive the extrinsic value of options, therefore the implied volatility of options. We discuss the players in the market, their hopes, their fears, their dreams, their desires, and how that drives prices. We dive into technical analysis, implied volatility analysis. We look at news and how they interact with each other to reveal what the combination of the factors mean. And you know, it's all about taking your trading to the next level by recognizing, adapting to change, noticing what's happening in the landscape, and utilizing the information to truly put probabilities in your favor. We want you to be able to better take advantage of opportunity to appropriately control your risk and become a better trader. So the program actually includes and so I have a four-part technical analysis primer, which some of you may have actually seen before. It's, it's, a, it's a similar to some of the other technical analysis courses that I have. That's included with this. It's a recording of a live two-day seminar and a workshop where we cover uh, you know, why income trading works. We do in-depth lessons on implied volatility, what it is, how it works, the psychology of the market, who are the major market participants, how do they think. We talk about the Greeks how they're affected by implied volatility. I mean, most people don't know that all the other Greeks are changed when implied volatility changes. How to predict changes in implied volatility, how implied volatility affects the reliability of analytical model predictions. I mean, if you, you get one thing out of this course, just being able to better, better read or understand your analytical model is a really good thing that you can do. We talk about, you know, what's the option skew telling you? Uh, we talk about adapting to change, properly identifying risk. We have a section on negotiating orders and trade execution. We have comprehensive process for analyzing the market. We have a process for knowing market psychology based on horizontal and vertical implied volatility skews and comparing that to technicals and the news that happens to be around at the current time. Analyzing the market through cross-index analysis on multiple timeframes. Trade planning, customizing trade entries, exits, and adjustments based on charting, implied volatility, and news considerations. We have experiences, trades, and advice from some of the top students. You know, we, we interact within the workshops, and, and, and we talk to people, and, and you get advice from some really, really great traders. And then we have our market analysis and trade planning workshop. We're doing three mission debriefs. You can learn how each team analyzed the market. You can notice how they developed a plan to trade to their objectives. You can analyze their psychology, and you can discover the results of their efforts. There's just there's a ton of exciting content in the, in the course, and it's designed to help you adapt to the market regardless of the type of trading you do. All right, so I'll jump in here. So this this ultimate income trader normally 19.95, and also too 
at the end here, Steve and I are just gonna have a quick conversation and so forth. If there's any other questions, we'll answer your questions and answers and so forth. So normally we're 1995, again, uh, basic or non-members who would like to become a free basic member, 1895, say $300 for Go members, 1695, say $500 for Pro members at 14. 95. Okay. And then Stephen, do you want to touch on those points that we talked about earlier? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, one thing I wanted to comment on was, you know, how many traders that trade this style recognize <clears throat> that the last 18 months has been the best opportunities we've ever seen. Hmm. Yeah, you know, that's, the, yeah, with the implied volatility that we've had, and not just the implied volatility, but the implied volatility skew curves. Right. It's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, we had a lot of traders that did recognize that. And, mm -hmm. and not coincidentally, they were participants in this program. A lot now, of this traders. Isn't, this isn't all good for, good for all strategies, by the way. Right. Because the some right. strategies, that depending how they're designed, the price, you know, they're just not designed for this type of price movement no. or this type of whatever. But for a lot of right. strategies, we've had the best implied volatility markets we've had ever. Yeah. And that, and I'm in, I'm talking about from you know the day COVID happened until now. Uh, the, mm -hmm. the the structures have changed uh, within that time frame, but all in all relative to you know, the 10, 15 years before, uh, in terms of this kind of trading, this has been absolutely fantastic opportunities. And that's with, what did we have SPX ATR at one time of 60, 70 points? I know the Russell was 50. You yeah, might be the, saying to you. I think the SPX was up over a hundred even for a little while. Yeah, the, the yeah. ATR, yeah. You might yeah. be saying to yourself, what is this guy talking about? How, what do you mean this Delta neutral? This is the best ever. Well, it, if you understand what's driving things behind the scenes, what's what's behind uh, the trading, which is we talked about ad nauseum in this workshop, you'd recognize simply put that butterfly prices are cheap. They are the cheapest that I've ever seen them. I put on a 56 day uh, butterfly, uh, I think it was last spring or summer for $3, <laughs> right? And like... for a 50 wide butterfly, that means I have $47 of opportunity. Yeah. So these are the real simple things you have to understand, know where the opportunities are, when they're right in front of you and know where the risks are. A lot of people may have you know, said, you know, like we did back in 2018, they run and hide under the covers and not recognize that this, this is absolutely primo time. A lot yeah, of our for, traders were as a, as a contrast, right? Yeah. Um, if you look back maybe to 2014, for example, you couldn't have done a leap at 365 days for $3. About yeah. Right. Size. Right. <laughs> that gives you some context. It's, it was, it's absolutely insane. And they're yeah. still cheap. Mm -hmm. No, they're not $3, but you know, I don't know the 56 day flies. I haven't checked them lately, but they're, they're still not at quote unquote baseline or normal levels. They're still great. I would say even at today's prices, you couldn't have bought that butterfly in the peak of 2008 for that price. Right. The 2008 yeah. crash. Yeah. 2008 crash. So yeah. it's still a phenomenal uh, environment out there, provided that you take advantage of it in the right way. This is not to say that uh, although you know a lot of the standard trades, just rule-based trades, are are doing very well, 
but there you can even do better than that. A lot of traders have mm -hmm. taken their D, their duration down, right? Instead of entering trades at say 60 days or 50 days or entering them at 30 days, many traders at 21 days. At one point in time, we had a lot of traders, me included, were doing weekly trades. Right. You could buy a weekly trade cheaper than you could buy a butterfly six months from expiration. <laughs> yeah. So you, you <laughs> yeah. so you, you, you know, yeah. the ability to yeah, recognize that and take advantage of what's happening in front of you is pretty critical because it's not going to last. Right. I, like, yeah. I mean, I hope it does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, hey, hey, not, let's knock on wood, right. Three times over. I, I hope right. it doesn't either, but you know, like I said, it opened up this uh, session we're having now. How many people really even knew that if you don't recognize you're in, well, um, a lot of people don't because, you know, I've been yeah. getting comments from people. How are we going to trade now that the volatility is so low? And I'm, and I'm thinking, low. <laughs> this, yeah. We, historically, yeah. it's insanely high right now. As far right. as it, when you look at implied volatility skew curves, the absolute volatility doesn't really mean anything anyway. But Right. And I think that's an important point that you've made several uh, times in uh, different venues, the market outlook, uh, the options trading for income is VIX by itself doesn't mean crap. Right. It doesn't give me context. It doesn't tell me about butterfly pricing. It doesn't tell me how uh, our structures are reacting. This is the kind of information you need to have to really, really excel and take take those 30% returns that you, you ought to be getting, you know, rules-based over time, making 100%. Yeah. 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 I mean, and that's not all that difficult to do, really, if you, once you get effective at, you know, just giving these a little bit of a, leaning them a little bit per se, right? Right. And then, the, yeah. you know, the other comment that we made the other day is, uh, this environment that we're in is not something that we could forecast or foresee. It's not something that uh, we could have seen coming. It and happened. Have, and you couldn't have back tested it. And that's right. I think that's one of the biggest things that people should take away with this. You know, we, a lot of times you look, you look on the internet for new trades or whatever, but you can't take a trade that you developed in two, you know, uh, April of 2020 and back test it. Because right. we've never had this environment before and haven't made right. anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, you, but, but if you know these principles, right? The principles, as you were saying, were timeless. They're timeless. They're ageless. And this, this really interesting. This put this program to the ultimate test. The ultimate income trader workshop was put to the test. We had the COVID crash. And since this incredible bounce, um, and like we keep saying, you know, this skew environment, that it put all those principles to the test. Passed with flying colors. I mean, this is passed with flying colors, excuse me. This is exactly the information that you have to have to become that pro trader. And I think a lot of people in our community have, have been having record years. I think they have. And, 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 and you know, here's another thing too, right? At, at, the, at the height of the COVID crash, who would have thought the market would be at the prices they are yeah. right now. The indexes have doubled in a year. That's absolutely unequivocally bonkers to think about. But, but it's happened. Right. But what if you had the technical knowledge to see that reversal and then put mm -hmm. in a price pattern target at where the market should be going? Right. You you would be trading long long stocks or long options at that point, right? You wouldn't even bother with these income trades. 
mm-hmm. at that point because the probabilities were so high. And when you take a look at, at the price pattern targets we set back then, we're, we're in them now. We're in them now, yeah. yeah. We got them on the Russell first and then on the SPX. And now we're here. So it's not like this type of, this is not unusual market movement given the technical situation that was created by the COVID crash. Right. We shouldn't be surprised. Right. There's no surprise there. So even though the market's never made a move that large before, the, te- the and like I said, when we had the crash, we, I mean, we had, first of all, we had a good idea where that crash was going to support. I remember Stephen and I were together live chatting about, and we're buying stuff like crazy. And it was within one day or two days of the very bottom of the market. And once it turns and you get the, and you, and you don't get any signals that it's going back down, I mean, you have your price pattern targets and they just, they just pop right into play. You might think they're obscenely high. You might think it's absurd that the market could possibly go that high, but from a technical standpoint, that's what the market should do. Right. And that's what it did. Yeah. And to, and to your point, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated with what we're doing with our trades. The Super Bowl, what, what, what's the win streak it's on right now? Oh my goodness. The Super Bowl lost one trade in 2020 and that was during the big crash and it hasn't, it won the trade before it and it hasn't lost since then. So I think it's 20 in a row right now. 20 in a row. Yeah. And you know, and that's not just, Set it, 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 it is a set it and forget it trade, but it's not something that you could that's necessarily blind. If you know what's happening in the market, that's when you just kind of stitch this back together. What I said earlier, knowing your opportunity, that's the kind of trade you want to size up. Yeah, and I also, I also like a point too, right? Take a look at this. I have a trading strategy that's won 22 out of the last 21 trades, and the last time it lost was 20 trades ago or 20 months ago. I may think that I have the magic strategy, <laughs> right? Right. I'm sized up. I'm ready to quit my job. I'm ready to, uh, you know, shut things down and go on a, a tropical island and, and trade the Super Bowl. You're going to be but, a prop trader now, right? But you know, <laughs> now at this point, the reason the Super Bowl is doing so well because it has a certain edge in the marketplace, and that edge is, and we're taking advantage of that edge in the marketplace. If the market goes into a downtrend for an extended period of time, the edge of that strategy is gone and you're going to take multiple losses over and over again. Right. Then you're going to end up taking so so was the trading the strategy worth trading? Absolutely. Should I expect that trading strategy to continue to do the same forever into the future? And the answer is no. Right. When should I expect it to fail? Well, you know, that was our when our technical stuff comes into play. Yeah, exactly. And I and I would say that my antenna would be up for that trade's edge to start to dissipate at some point soon, especially when we get closer and closer to these higher time frame. We've hit uh, price, pattern price pattern targets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In the longer term. So yeah. we, we need to expect the market to run sideways right. a little bit. So it, it, yeah. suffice it to say with something that has been on a great run like that, you need to start being prepared for that to turn and what's going to be my alternative go-to strategy be thinking ahead it's this is chess we're playing right so alexander has a question john in the chat i'll read it real quick how hard is it to join a trading desk for a level three strategy type trader 
Well, it, it all depends on uh, who you go to. So if you know the business, you can get into a trading desk, assuming the company allows our type of trading. A lot of, a lot of trading companies don't like overnight risk. But if you find one that likes overnight risk, and there are a few out there, then you can do that. Keeping It also depends on how much money, if any, you're willing to put into this. So chances are that... Usually when you do go on a trading desk, they require, uh, we'll call it a deposit of say 20% of the amount of money you want to trade. So uh, you, get a, you get a percentage of all the wins, but all the losses come out of you. That's how that works. And if you run out of money, you are going to uh, have to put more money in. So an example of that is, you know, say you're doing a $50,000 trade, and they, and they have you put up, say, 10% of that if they want you to trade. You know, they say they give you $50,000 and they want you to put 10, 10% of it. You got to put up the five grand. If you win, you'll get a percentage of the winnings. If you lose, then that comes out of your money. If you lose $5,000, if, if you don't have your $5,000, you got to put that money back in and then you start taking percentage of the profits again. In other words, the hedge fund themselves do not take any of that risk on. That's not, that's not the case for all hedge funds. Sometimes you can find one that, um, that will take on all that risk for you. But the reality is, is they don't like the fact that you can just walk away unharmed if you're a trader. But depending on what the percentage is, nearly anyone will let you go on your trading desk. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's basically how the system works. Anything else? Anything I think that else? covers it. I hope, I hope people right. see the value in this and how it can really elevate your trading from just a rules-based trader to a more pro style, fully, fully functional uh, trader. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And it's, it's really a great program. I encourage anybody who's at the level at which this would be beneficial for them to take a real serious look at it and go, go ahead and, uh, and get this information because it's, it's going to be invaluable to you going forward. All right. So thanks everybody for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Stephen, for all your help. Thank you. And Thank you for having me, John. All right. Thanks everyone. Trade well. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks.